From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. When Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie entered politics via a housing commission, the army and eventually Clive Palmer, her speeches on Sharia law and her op shop outfits marked her out for ridicule. Since then, Jackie Lambie has had a remarkable turnaround, wielding her influence in the Senate to advocate for veterans, those on low incomes, and to argue against corruption. In that time, she's become known as one of the most fierce and outspoken conviction politicians in the country. Writer and contributor to The Monthly, Chloe Hooper, spent months talking to Jackie Lambie, finding out how the public persona matches the private Jackie. Today, Chloe Hooper on The Real Jackie Lambie. It's Monday, March 14. Chloe, can you tell me a bit about why it is that you wanted to spend all of this time thinking about and writing about the Tasmanian MP, Jackie Lambie? I think she's a pretty fascinating character. She is truly independent. She has often has the balance of power in the Senate and you, you can't really quite pin her down. You have freedom to make a choice, but if you make a choice, those choices have consequences. She's also a a fighter on the Senate floor. She has a a kind of feral streak. Here's the thing. Being held accountable for your own actions isn't called discrimination. It's called being, you wouldn't believe it, a goddamn bloody adult. And she's not ashamed to, to really argue out a point in a way that is so passionate and and kind of makes a lot of her parliamentary colleagues look as though they're just on automatic. There were times when I would sit in a corner and cry because I felt so ashamed. For two days I didn't know how I was going to put bread and milk on the table. She makes an art of her authenticity and, you know, truly I think what you see with Jackie is what you get. We are surviving to try and put bread on the table. We are surviving to try and make sure that our kids can get the basics in life. It's not a kind of manufactured ordinariness that we see with Scott Morrison when, you know, suddenly he's filleting a fish or wearing a a hard hat or or washing a woman's hair. I mean, you know, all of these things feel like a marketing executive's photo opportunity, whereas Jackie is very raw and she, she turns what's abject or humiliating about her own life into kind of a set of medals that she wears with pride. And so for me as a writer, this is a golden opportunity. Right. Okay. And so How does someone like Jackie Lambie, who does seem so different to other politicians, genuinely unpolished, get into politics in the first place? Well, I think she's very upfront about the fact that she got into politics because she despised the Department of Veteran Affairs and she'd been in a legal fight with them for for 10 years, you know, maybe 12 years before she actually was elected to the Senate. And um, that that has driven her political career. When I was medically discharged, I thought, no worries, the Department of Veterans Affairs will help me get back on my feet and they'll look after me. Um, 
Well, that did not happen to me. So for me to be able to survive as a single mum with two kids, I had no other choice but to go to Centrelink. Jackie's been very upfront about what she describes as her her lost years, which is a decade after she was given a medical discharge from the Australian Defence Force. During that time, our times were tough. She suffered from debilitating back pain and the Department of Veterans Affairs, which was supposed to give her vocational support, decided to throw various psychiatrists and insurance, I don't know, apparatchiks her way, and they actually called her a malingerer and suggested she had a sort of a, um, this was a sort of just a ruse. She then started to unravel as she had a serious alcohol addiction and and was, you know, on a range of painkillers and that she developed quite severe, you know, very severe depression and, you know, she was watching daytime television for most of the day. Honey, get out if you're going to continue to laugh and make fun of me. I'm tired. Keeping up with the Kardashians was was probably just in its sort of first years. Uh, Kim Kardashian is her favourite. crying face that she makes. You're sitting there laughing. It's not she would watch Days of Her Lives. Through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. And imagine that she was going to be found by a, a sort of rich prince who would sweep her off her feet. And, you know, the various other um, fantasies were sort of fueled by what she was watching on television. The Leader of the Opposition. Thank you, Mr Speaker. My question is... But she also, in her channel surfing, switched over and started watching Parliamentary Question Time. Speaker, relevance. The Prime Minister wasn't asked about any alternatives. And the idea then of becoming a politician and actually sort of taking up the fight against the DVA you know, lodged in her mind and slowly she then sort of rebuilt herself by entering a psychiatric clinic and not long after that she was elected to the Senate. So she goes from watching daytime TV and also question time in a lot of pain, it sounds like both physically and mentally in a lot of pain, to to entering Parliament 18 months later. What's it like for her when she gets in? Jackie, when she first reached the Senate, was tilting very hard towards the right. Um, when it comes to um, Shari, Shari Law, um, you know, to me, it's um, it's uh, it obviously involves terrorism. She was a Palmer United Party senator, and she also had an advisor felt passionately about legislating the banning of Sharia law. But by saying that if you reject Sharia law full stop, you're asking them to reject their religion. Well, you know, it's, it's either one or the other. You, you're either an allegiance to um, Australian law and show your allegiance to our constitution, um, but you can't have 50-50. And so often this was a talking point that Lambie really leaned into, even though she, she now acknowledges she didn't understand half of the things that she was saying. She was kind of a wrecking ball careening around not really owning her own political priorities. But, you know, she's very open about the fact that she had been, as she puts it, brain dead for so long. She hadn't worked for 12 years. Just getting her back used to sort of long hours, let alone her head, was a a real undertaking. She had no money because she hadn't yet been 
paid for being a senator and the clothes she was wearing were these sort of $10 outfits and she was, you know, absolutely pilloried for her appearance. And I think she was kind of regarded as a bit of a joke. Mm. And it sounds like those first years in Parliament weren't easy. They were also short-lived. Well, that's right. In 2017 came what what Jackie describes as her bitch slap where she realised that her father, who'd immigrated from Scotland as an 18-month-old, had not renounced his citizenship, making her a dual citizen, and was forced to resign. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For long-time editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when writing her debut novel. I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for. Please, <laughs> please go see a therapist. We're very pro-therapy on yeah, this. Yeah, if, that's, no, if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Chloe, in 2017, Jackie Lambie was forced to resign from Parliament. Let's talk about her comeback. How did it happen? Okay, so Jackie um, decided that she would hit the reality television circuit. She had no money and she needed an income so as to fund her campaign, but she also wanted to keep her, her name in lights, so to speak. Jackie Lambie is looking for true love and she's found two possibilities. Fly-in, fly-out minor, Craig Casey. Oh, how bizarre is that? How are Beautiful you? Morning. And IT specialist, Ricardo. So she appeared on Sunday night, which decided to cover her love life, and it filmed her speed dating. The dating game um, has been quite difficult for me, and I'm quite sure there are millions of other Australian women out there it's been difficult for too. She went on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Hey guys, g'day, I'm about to go to the jungle. I'm so relaxed too, by the way. I'm so looking forward to it, I'm very keen. She can be seen espousing views about um, Tony Abbott stopping the boats being the best thing he could have done. I'm just about right, anyone that was low income, And you finished. know what though, for the errors he made, I'd have preferred Abbott to staying in. He did the right thing and stopped those bloody votes. Then she also went on SBS's Go Back to Where You Came From, and that shows her being driven around by soldiers in Syria. You know, in one episode she meets a boy who has um, had his legs blown off in a, a landmine. With, with your mates out there, you're about to kick the soccer ball. Soccer ball You start to see a kind of uncertainty creeping in and you can see her starting to acknowledge that refugee politics is far more vexed than you might have thought from her pronouncements earlier in her career. 
you know, if it was one of my sons, I'd be bloody angry. I'd be so bloody angry. So um, it is really, really awful. It's kind of remarkable for a, a politician to actually do an about face and, and wear it and, and evolve in their, you know, political thinking. And after her various reality television appearances, she was re-elected in 2019. And so this time around then, can you tell me a bit about what it is that she's been focused on and what she's actually achieved? So when, um, when Lambie was re-elected in, in 2019, she sat down with her chief advisor and tried to work out what were her key goals. And one of them was to achieve a royal commission into veterans affairs. It's over PM. We've been begging for a royal commission. We've nearly got down our hands and bloody knees. For God's sakes. There had been, you know, 17 investigations into the department in 17 years, and she managed to uh, work out legally the strongest frames of reference for a royal commission. And after also putting out a series of advertisements, she has managed to steer Morrison towards announcing a royal commission. Today, I formally announce that a Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide will be undertaken following approval by the Governor-General earlier today. Mm, That must have been quite a moment for Jackie Lambie as someone who has this personal experience fighting with the Department of Veterans Affairs to, to manage to get this Royal Commission called. And as you've been sort of outlining that journey from her time in the Army to the present day, it does seem like there has been a lot of growth, a lot of change, and that there is a lot of integrity there, that with someone like Jackie Lambie, what you see is actually what you get. Is that how you see her, Chloe, after spending all of this time with Jackie Lambie? What is she really like in private? What do you think of her? I think that there aren't very many people in politics who have the kind of background that that Jackie has. Her, her mother, Sue, who worked in factories, is Indigenous and, and had 20 siblings. Her parents separated when she was a teenager and she went with her mother to live in a housing estate in Devonport. And I actually don't think you see very many successful women leading the country who have spent, you know, 10 years on the couch with an alcohol and drug dependency and and sort of, you know, massive depression. Politicians talk about a lot about battlers and understanding battlers, but they haven't grown up in in commission housing. I mean... Albo did, but he also, you know, then went on to university, whereas Jackie hasn't finished high school. And here is this person who entered this fight with the Department of Veterans Affairs. They told her she wasn't smart enough to go and have tertiary study. I mean, it's sort of amazing to me that she or really anyone with so many things stacked against them actually has the force of personality and self-belief to, you know, radically remake this script and succeed. You can have a, have a burning passion to make things better and, you know, be elected and it, it's possible. Mm. Chloe, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. 
You can read Chloe Hooper's essay, The Jackie Lambie Reality Show, in the current edition of The Monthly. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Momenta. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has warned that Russia could only take the Ukrainian capital of Kiev if it raises the city to the ground. Satellite images show Russian troops are within 25 kilometres of the capital. Zelensky said as many as 600 Russian soldiers had now surrendered. French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz have continued to push Russian President Vladimir Putin for a ceasefire as a condition for structured negotiations. Reports from those conversations suggest that Putin is not ready to end the war. And COVID-19 cases continue to rise... In its Sunday update, New South Wales Health reported more than 13,000 cases and seven deaths. Victoria reported more than 5,000 cases and four deaths. The deadline for mandatory third-dose vaccination in key professions passed on Saturday. In Victoria, workers in aged care, disability, emergency services, meat processing, quarantine and food distribution must now have had a booster to work. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow. 